From the New Dork Times, I'm Michael Barbera. This is The Durley. Today. I had a two-week regimen of uh, hydroxychloroquine, and I've taken it, I think, just about two weeks. I think it's another day, so. This week, President Trump suffered yet another brain aneurysm during a press conference. But White House officials insist he is in perfect health. Why this strategy of disinformation is actually a time-honored tradition in American politics. And I'm still here. I'm still here. And I tested very positively in a in another sense. So this morning, yeah, I tested positively toward negative, right? So, no, I tested uh, perfectly this morning. Okay, okay, let's see here. What do we, what do we got? So we've got the microphone. Got uh, cool. Ah, fuck! Oh, sorry, could we swear on this? Mike Bork, you cover presidential health for the New York Times. What can you tell us about President Trump's very obvious brain aneurysm this week? Well, this is something we see periodically from the president. Have a, an economy based on wind. I never understood wind, and I know windmills very much. I've studied it better than anybody. I know it's very expensive. They're made in China. It's clearly alarming for the average citizen, but many in Trump's base believe his ability to endure these aneurysms is actually a sign of his strength and virility. But Mike, if that's true, why does the White House cover it up? Regardless of how Trump's base perceives this issue, the White House has to play to the expectation of educated and non-chud Americans who are more likely to see a president suffering brain aneurysms on live television as a deeply alarming sign of the competence and capabilities of our commander-in-chief. And that has always been the White House's approach to executive illness. Hmm. What do you mean by that? Think back to the accusations that President Obama had been possessed by demons, something he himself had laughed at. I, I, was, I was reading the other day, there, there's a, a guy on the radio who apparently Trump's on his show frequently. He said, me and Hillary are demons. Said we smell like sulfur. Ain't that something? But it was true. President Obama really was possessed, at least for some time, by Otis, the abhorrent lord of grudges who causes arguments between friends. The White House summoned an exorcist, Capriano de Mayo, who flew in from the Vatican to treat him. Mm. It's not just presidents who get this treatment either. Look at Hillary Clinton. In 2016, there was a lot of speculation that she and her officials had been covering up about with pneumonia. They and the White House insisted she was in perfect health, despite an incident where she almost fainted at the 9-11 memorial. We now know, after the release of her memoir, that in fact she had suffered radiation poisoning after intensive use of an older Blackberry model. Adams had kidney disease. Reagan had gangrene below his collar. All the Kennedys were sick. 
JFK's strange physical jerking motion as a reaction to Lee Harvey Oswald's bullet is now publicly celebrated as having been a restriction of the back brace he wore for a treatment of a massive infection of presidential syphilis. So, Mike, it sounds like what you're saying is essentially that American political leaders are ill almost as a point of pride. That's true. And that's why the COVID-19 pandemic is increasingly being celebrated on the Hill. There's been a growing anxiety from as early as 2004, when the failure of the SARS outbreak helped lead George W. Bush and his advanced encephalitis to a second term, that Americans simply were not sick enough to maintain the established democratic process, and that we might actually run out of presidential candidates before 2032. Hmm. Thankfully, even with the conservative estimates on coronavirus infection rates and hospitals' inability to treat non-COVID patients, it looks like we'll be voting long into the future with a diverse range of maladies, proving our leaders have what it takes. Mike, thank you. Thank you, Michael. Here's what else you need to know today. We're doing everything we can to keep citizens safe. Citing concerns about the state's food security, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer announced a ban on baking banana bread, causing confusion among Michiganian households. We gotta make sure we're flattening the curve. The excessive banana bread baking we're seeing across the state is depleting the reserves of black rattan bananas in the ice boxes of hundreds of citizens. If we don't act now, generations to come might only ever know banana in loaf form. <laughs> <laughs>